You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another episode of the Ots and Audibles podcast. Got a great guest on our show today, and I just was looking it up. I think he's our uh, largest, most repeated guest so far, and that is Oregon women's basketball coach Kelly Graves. I was just telling you before this, and it surprised me too. This is your seventh episode of the Ots and Audibles podcast. Pretty great. Uh, Yeah. Good to have you. Yeah, Be so generous uh, with your times. <laughs> I feel like Steve Martin from SNL. You know, I there get to go. host a lot. Yeah, yeah we have to. Cool. We have to figure out. Uh, yeah, they, they do all that like seven time club or ten times club for yeah. SNL. We we'll have to figure out a shirt or something. We'll get you next time. Yeah, I think there's John Goodman, Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, I don't know a couple of them. I've seen those. They're kind of funny. Kelly Graves, I think you're the only one right now in the seven-episode club, so appreciate, again, you being generous with your time over the years and again today. And we're going to run through a lot of topics here. Um, again, you're being generous with your time, uh, but we're going to kind of start looking back. And, you know, we, we, you know, there's been a couple of months removed from it, and I kind of want to just kind of get your feel for what went down because I think there's a lot of people who are curious. And just to start kind of off, I think one of the things that struck me last year talking to you about that kind of tough stretch because you did have a run there where it was really tough to get any momentum. And you said something that kind of stuck with me, which was the players haven't been through this, but this isn't something I've really been through much in my career, not for a while. And so I'm curious what lessons you maybe took away from what was, again, especially when from basically February until the WNIT, it was really kind of tough sledding. What did you take away from there? And, and are you encouraged, at least with the way you were able to get kind of the corner turned in postseason play in the WNIT? Uh, yeah, well, and it started even before then, you know, we, um, we won that last weekend with Arizona and Arizona state, Arizona was a big win. And then we kind of carried some momentum and beat Washington in the, uh, in the conference tournament. But yeah, it was, uh, it was an unusual stretch. We, we didn't play bad basketball. We were in most of those games. We just couldn't close any of them. And, um, you know, and I, I, I just, um, I'm not sure we handled it the best we can in terms of, hey, let's, you know, move on. What's next? I think we kind of sometimes dwelled on uh, all the negatives instead of built on some of the positives. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that seven-game stretch there in the middle of conference or toward the end of conference really, uh, you know, uh, sealed our fate when, when it came to the NCAA tournament selection. But, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I was really proud of us that we kind of corrected it and then finished the season strongly. So that showed that uh, we have some character on our team. Yeah, now with some space, I think you kind of touched on some of it there. But what, what did you ultimately find or identify as things that maybe you think you need to you personally work on, the team needs to work on? And kind of what are the areas of growth that are needed to make sure that maybe similar things don't take place in, in spring of 23 or 24, I guess? Well, I think in that particular run, we we just, you know, some of our better players weren't playing that well. We didn't shoot the ball well. We were inconsistent all year from the three. I, I think we still ended up leading the, the Pac-12 mm-hmm. in three-point percentage. But there were games, I mean, against Colorado, I think we went 0 for 16. So, you know, we just, the consistency with which we shot the ball just wasn't there all year. Uh, we were up and down. Uh, I think defensively we were okay. You know, it was really kind of crazy to look at the stats going. There wasn't one thing that uh, 
you know, that stood out. We, we took care of the ball well. I thought our shot selection was good. We were doing things right. We just, in the end, weren't making the plays down the stretch. And I, I thought that was, uh, of all the things, that was the biggest deal. We, I don't know of those seven games that we lost there in a row. I think we were uh, ahead or at least tied with three minutes to go in all of them. And then we just, uh, you know, we, we weren't great finishers. And that, that hurt us. I guess I'm just curious how you work in, on improving finishing games, right? Because you, you can sit here and say, like, oh, the team's not a good shooting team. Well, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll recruit maybe better shooters. We'll, we'll find ways to create better looks. I understand shooting is, you know, they also require it's, – it's, you know, highly inconsistent at times. But how does a team or individuals improve at just finishing games or maybe being a clutch or, or however you want to kind of term those end-of-game situations? Yeah, I don't know if it's any one thing you can work on. I think it's more of a mentality, you know, and then once you lose a couple of those games and now you're in it again, uh, you know, those uh, those thoughts of doubt start to creep in a little bit. And, um, you know, and, and I think one of the things that was our, our issue, we didn't really have that go-to player that could create their own shot. Uh, Andy Rogers and Tahina were obviously two of our better players. I think Grace at that point, um, was still, she was kind of hampered the last half of Pac-12 play. She, she was hurt. And so she, it was hard to go to her. And, um, you know, and so it was Pow Pow and Rogers. And both of those two struggled to get their own shots. I think India partly was her size and, and then teams that could really focus on her. And then Pow Pow, just, you know, bless her heart. She had one of those years that was just kind of up and down. Uh, and during that stretch, she she just wasn't shooting the ball well. And I think she was maybe um, in her own head a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, it's some years you win those close ones and some years you, you, you just don't. And um, and unfortunately, during that stretch, we, we weren't. You guys have been really active at the end of May. Um, I want to run through all the new pieces. It kind of felt like I was writing a commitment story every day for about a week there. You guys landed four uh, transfer portal players. I want to get to that, but I, I also want to touch on what I, I think is really crucial for this year, which is the development of, of Grace and Chance, uh, Philly, the, the returners, that kind of core group. I'll, I'll throw Kennedy in there because she was towards the end of the season kind of coming on. But how, how, how integral is their progress here to compete with the top teams you know, in the conference, I know you added some some big time players in the portal, big time freshmen. But it feels like that core is is super important to kind of what you're building. Um, kind of where is their progress, and, and kind of how confident are you they're going to be? You know, take those steps. Well, my philosophy with the portal is that we want that the portal to supplement what we have. So the core is what's most important. And I think we weren't active in the portal last year. You know, we lost a few players, but we only picked up the one, Taya Hansen, and that was by design. Uh, I just I wanted the, the portal cycle to stop mm -hmm. and we made a conscious decision before last season to go with our freshmen, you know, Chance and uh, Grace and Kennedy. I thought that was important. And I don't want to be that program that, you know, recruits transfers over the players that you already have. I think it should be used to supplement. And, uh, you know, and it cost us a little bit. I think, you know, we just weren't uh, we didn't have quite enough during Pac-12 play. Um, but I thought Chance and Grace had phenomenal years. Kennedy, of course, was injured for a good portion of the season, but she showed some flashes that she, you know, was going to be a good player down the line. So we made a commitment to those players, and now um, I think we're going to see the fruits of that. 
uh, coming up. I think they've all had great springs. Uh, I think they continue to develop and need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Grace in particular are going to be our go-to players this year, and they're certainly capable of that. Uh, we're making them our captains, and you don't do that with sophomores very often. But they, they've earned that right. They're really good players, um, and they need to have big years. I, I called them the other day. I called them Jimmy and Bam. You know, they, they need <laughs> yeah. to be that for us. You know, we, we might on paper not be the most talented team in the conference, but I think if we have great synergy led by those two, I think we're going to be pretty good. And Kennedy, you know, her development, I've told her a hundred times this spring, she's the key. You know, if she can, um, if she can really develop, get stronger, stay healthy, I think she's she's got a chance to really help us. And then Philly, of course, inside. This is the first off season that she's been healthy, believe it or not, for us. And so I think she's uh, she's showing that you know that she can can develop into it and and will develop into a really good player. I mean, we saw her progress on the court, seemed like game to game. Toward the end of the year, she, you know, I think she struggled just a little bit with her consistency. But, um, you know, you look at, at those uh, those four players, you know, our core returners, and uh, I, I like what I see. You know, and we we believe in, in uh, Philly and we believe in Kennedy. That's why we didn't recruit in the portal any any tall players. We, we didn't go after um, depth or you know, even a frontline player there because, you know, we, we believe in them. I'm going to, I'll be thinking about that Jimmy Bam thing during the season. I'll be, I'll be kind of thinking about that a little bit. See if it, see if it works out. I like that comparison. A a Nicola Jamal would be good too, I guess, just to to bring up the nuggets. That's been a fun series to follow. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I do want to touch on the portal thing and you kind of addressed it already, but uh, it's, it's such a bizarre approach. And I think, as you said, I think it was last year on this podcast or before the season, you said it's kind of like Goldilocks where you're just trying to figure out the right approach. And, you know, you talked to earlier kind of about what you were thinking a year ago about ending the cycle and, and, and just trying to build around this core. What, what was, I guess, your approach this year with the four players you did add? And we'll get into them individually in a second. But what was the approach? What were you hoping to add? It sounds like you wanted to supplement. And do you feel like maybe now you've as Goldilocks, you've kind of figured out the right place to to kind of reside in, I guess, in the portal. Well, we hope it's the right, you know, the the, the right mix. We hope we did the right thing. Uh, in this particular group, we needed players. We needed bodies. You know, last year we had only 11 on the roster. Uh, Sedona gets hurt, a season-ending injury before the season. So now we're down to 10 players. Uh, Kennedy is hurt off and on and, and missed a good portion of the season. So that gives us nine and then Jenna Asai, who, you know, played a pretty good first 10 games of the year. Um, she opted for something different during the season. And so now you're down to eight players. And we just, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't be into that position again. So we decided this year with our six returners, including Sammy Wagner, mm-hmm. or I guess five returners, including Sammy, we, um, uh, you know, got Bella Hamill from Lane Community College, and I, I look at her differently as, from the others because she's actually in school right now with us. She spent mm-hmm. the spring with us. So Bella, and then uh, yeah, the four, the two, uh, the two freshmen coming in, Sophia and Sarah, and we only had eight players. So I had to go out and get some some players in the portal just to to get a roster. And I think we were really fortunate. I like all four of the ones that that we ended up getting. 
I know a lot of them weren't the high profile Haley Van Lith, uh, mm-hmm. Moro kind of uh, transfers, but I think they're going to be perfect for who we are and what we need. And they're all gym rats. And that that's what I love. All four of them love to be in the gym. And I, I thought that was important. I think we've gotten away from having those kind of players that are just, they're ballers. They just want to be in the gym and work out and chance and grace are like that. And now we've got, you know, I think every one of these transfers is as well. So I wanted to talk about the Kennedy Williams, Peyton Scott pairing first, and we'll get into Skylar Gill and Priscilla Williams, and we'll get through the whole list. There's so many players. I'm excited to get your feedback on this because uh, a lot of this has happened pretty recently, and I don't know if you've really talked a lot about some of these individuals, but why, why did why was well, Kennedy – yeah, I didn't think so. So this is a good opportunity to get kind of some, some reactions here. Kennedy Williams, Peyton Scott, veterans, a couple of grad transfer guards, both, both have played and started a ton of you know games and over their careers. Do you look at those two and think, okay, one of those is probably in the starting group or at least a core part. The other one's a huge part off the bench. And kind of what are you looking for from those two, um, as you said, supplement the core group? Well, I like the fact that they're grad transfers. And that was actually a conscious decision by us. We're on a really good 2024 class. You know, we've continued to recruit well. Our incoming Mm -hmm. freshman class is going to be good. I think our 24 class, we're on some of the best players in the country. And I think we're going to land a few of them. Uh, so, you know, we didn't want to bring in necessarily a bunch of transfers that still had several years left. Uh, I love that they're grad transfer. They've been around the block. Peyton, I think is a prototypical great point guard. And that's one of the positions that I know well and and rely on a lot is point guard, um, makes great decisions Her three to one, or maybe even better than three to one assist to turnover ratio, uh, really struck my eye. I think she can. Um, I think she can even do more. I think she can be more aggressive offensively. I don't mind making a few extra mistakes if she is more aggressive. I think sometimes she just she doesn't want to make mistakes, so just makes the the right play all the time. Uh, I think she can score more than her seven points a game uh, that she did this last year. But yeah, just a consummate, you know, really good, experienced point guard. Um, and they play in a, in a good league. They're in Florida Gulf Coast League. They took mm-hmm. second. They made IT. So she's, she's played in a successful program. Uh, very, very smart individually. And I think is going to you know play smart as well. And I love that. I think she's going to be a good leader. Peyton, of course, is a, a really good scorer. I don't care where you're at. You score almost 1,900 points mm-hmm. in your career. That's saying something. You know, she had seasons where she averaged 21 and 19. Uh, now, is she going to do that in the Pac-12? I don't know. It's obviously going to be a lot tougher league. But I think her game translates to this level. And now that she has some players that can really set her up, she's a dead eye. She's got a great pull-up jump shot. She's got a scorer's mentality. Uh, so those, you know, I, I – anticipate those two are going to play a lot because think about it. Chance Gray is really the only guard we have back. I mean, Bella Hamill can play the guard. She's more of a knockdown um, dead eye three point shooter. So we needed some playmakers. And I think Peyton is that. And certainly Kennedy is that Um, they're both love to get in the gym, especially Peyton. I mean, she, she's a baller. That's what she thinks about when she wakes up. That's what she's thinking about during the day. That's what she thinks about when she goes to bed at night. I love that. 
Um, so yeah, those, those two, that those, I think those were really quality pickups. I don't know if you've had a player quite like this with Skylar Gill. I don't know if I'm familiar with many players like her just from a defensive standpoint, but also the fact that she told me on the interview, I, I spoke with her that she's five I foot nine. Read that piece. That was a good piece. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. But she, she said she was listed at 5'11", but she's actually five foot nine. but she blocks three shots per game. I, I don't know how that computes. I, I told her on the phone, I want to see her play because I, I don't, don't really know what I'm <laughs> what she is providing and how she does that. Um, what are you, what are you, what are you, what's your take on her? Because I, I find her to be a very unique sort of skill set. She also averaged like eight rebounds per game the last couple of years. She's a sophomore, or she was a sophomore, so she has two additional years to play. So there is a little bit of a runway to develop, but... I found this to be a really unique kind of interesting story. What's kind of the, the gist with her? Yeah. Well, I, I like her when you talk to her, I, I think she's got a real chip on her shoulder too. And I, I think she wants to prove herself by being able to play at this level. Mm. And I, I like that about her. That was one of the things we talked about early on, but yeah, just to finish fourth and then seventh in the country and shot <laughs> block shots. As a five-nine player, that you just don't see that very often. Uh, she's tenacious. She's got good timing. I mean, you, blocking shots is about timing and understanding. Um, you, you know, and obviously she's got those quick twitch jump uh, fibers. Um, she's just kind of a blue-collar player. I mean, I watched her entire game against Ohio State this year. She had twenty-three on one of the best teams at the time, they were a top five program. And, you know, so she's capable of doing it against really good competition, but I just like her whole mentality. She loves defense. Um, you know, she's obviously good at it. I think, you know, one of the areas that since I've been here, we've never been a strong defensive team. We've been an adequate defensive mm -hmm. team, but we've never been great. I think she's gives us the ability to, you know, to focus more on the defense. She can guard anybody. She can guard an inside player. She can guard a guard. Uh, she's going to be real versatile on that end of the floor. And she's a bit of a slasher. I, I, you know, she'll be the first to admit she's got a ways to go offensively, but that's the one thing we can teach. You know, even this year, we were still top 20 in the nation in offensive efficiency. You know, it's, uh, just something that we do. So I think it's going to be a good match. She's going to help us. She's going to help me defensively. And then I can help her become a better offensive player because she wants to be a pro someday. Yeah, she mentioned that was a selling point in the recruitment. You, I think you saw the story, as you said, and, and where your guys is hopefully getting her to a different level offensively. She still averaged double-figure scoring this last season, so she can, she can put the ball in the hole a little bit. But when you're probably the best player or one of the best players in your team, probably going to happen a little bit more easily in terms of just offensive touches. Yeah. And I don't care who you are, but you, you finished as the D conference's defensive player of the year twice, right? Freshman four years. That's saying something. And again, that's, she's in the same league ironically as Kennedy. Uh, and uh, you know, and like I said, Florida Gulf coast is in that conference and that's a, that's a good conference that a son. Priscilla Williams is another one. I think it's an interesting story. Having spoken with her, former five-star recruit, part of that 2020 uh, class where you guys had a lot of success that year. She was one of those recruits kind of that same range as some of the players you landed. Had a really strong freshman year at Syracuse, dealt with some injuries, hasn't kind of, re I guess, refound her form during a season. 
what's the ceiling there? Kind of what kind of a player? I, I had my notes. Is it like a combo of like a, an Aaron Bowley type? Maybe, I don't know, a little Satu with the length. I don't know. What kind of what do you see with her and kind of what's the, the upside? Well, she was one of my favorite players in that class. Um, you know, we ended up signing uh, Parrish and Shear in those wing spots. And so we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't really have a need there. But I remember watching her with the Missouri Phenom uh, club team. And I really liked her a lot. Uh, and then, you know, it wasn't a surprise that she goes to Syracuse, plays for one of my best friends. You know, mm-hmm. I loved and, um, you know, and had a really good freshman year. That was the COVID year when there weren't fans in the stands and things like that. But she had a really good year. And then, yeah, like you said, she had the injuries. And then she goes to South Florida when Quentin was was uh, released as the coach. So she she goes to South Florida. And I, I'm not sure she ever really – not. I wouldn't say she didn't get a chance, but, you know, they had other really good players. And I think maybe she lost a bit of confidence. And, um, and that's what I – I think that's what I'm most excited about. She's going to be playing with a chip on her, on her shoulder, a little something to prove, you know. And I think once she gets that confidence back, I think she's got a chance to be really good because she is six two, uh, really long, long armed, good shooter. Uh, she could play a stretch four if we needed. She could play either of the guard positions. Um, so uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to get a really motivated. A player there and she's super nice actually all of them mm-hmm. they're really good kids they're good teammates you know when i talk to transfers i don't just go and oh we like this player let's go get them i call their coaches i call their um other coaches in their league i try to find out you know a little bit about them and uh and again they, they were all these players had a lot of fans you know other coaches really appreciated them as com- as competitors you mentioned it a moment ago. She did transfer once already. Because of that, I think she has to at least try to use, you know, petition the NCAA for a waiver. She seems somewhat optimistic, but I think everybody is at this time of year before, you know, things get closer. Do you have any sense of that? And, and kind of, uh, w- w- I guess, w- how does that impact your season if, if, if she's not allowed to play right away? Well, we did our homework on that, too. And I talked to her coach down there at South Florida. Uh, there's some documentation um, that, that will help her case. Uh, it's these people that come in, they, they transfer with no reason. And then, and then they claim, you know, whatever they want to claim mental health or whatever. But if you haven't been seeking out, and I'm not saying hers is mental health. I'm just saying sure. if there's no documentation along the way, the NCA might look at that and go, uh, uh-uh, no, we're not going to fall for that. Uh, I think she has a pretty good case um for uh you know for her second transfer but i'm interested to see what the ucla or what the nca um how they uh how they react to all these second and sometimes Mm -hmm. third time transfers i there's a lot of people that are going to be told no you know it sounds great now when they committed and all that stuff but there's going to be a lot that they say no i'm sorry you're going to have to sit out the year uh, in her case, we hope that's not the case, but we'll we'll wait and see and, and hope and pray. Talking with Kelly Graves, the Oregon women's basketball coach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Kelly, I, I guess now moving on to, to some players that you've seen a little bit more of or, or maybe, uh, you know, have been recruiting a little longer. Um, I, I guess I'm curious to start with Sammy Wagner. And this is something where you said it last year is your first time having a player enroll a year early like this. She didn't play in the games, but she was practicing, used a red shirt year. How do you think that went for her personally? How was it for you and a staff of kind of this a new, a new experience in terms of a roster building thing and, and kind of. Is that something you think you guys would be open to going forward, or is that just a, a special situation? I think it was a special situation. I mean, um, you know, and that we didn't put any pressure on her to do that. Right. Uh, you know, that was complete family decision. If you want to add, you know my honest opinion on on that, I I wish all these kids would stay in school and then and just enjoy their senior year, but. It didn't work out that way for her. And I'm glad that she came up. She is a delightful person. Um, you, you know, she lived in the dorms. Most of our players don't live on in the, in the dorms. And she did. And she's already got a circle of friends that is probably broader than any of our players, even our upperclassmen, by just living in the dorms. I think that's a valuable experience. But as a player on the court, you know, right now she's um, – you know, kind of in between uh, positions, you know, oh. she could be a stretch four, kind of like a bully. She doesn't shoot it quite as well as Aaron yet, but you know, she still should have been a high school senior. Um, you know, she can play a wing as well. She's just got to work on her quickness or her lateral quickness, especially. Um, but she's got a high basketball IQ, really good in the pick and roll. Like, you know, when you watch Joker, and I'm, I'm certainly not comparing her to Joker, but <laughs> when you watch him play, you can't speed him up. He plays at his own pace, especially when the ball's in his hand and he's a good passer. Sammy's got a, a little bit of, of that in her. You know, she's got some size, and, and uh, you know, you just you can't speed her up, really. And I like that. Good passer. Um, right now I'd say she's a streak three point shooter, but I think she's got the ability to be, uh, you know, more of a dead eye. Uh, she's got some work to do, but I, I really like her. She's a, a great young woman, awesome family. Uh, I think she's going to be a real addition to us. Sophia Bell is a true freshman. She was a McDonald's all American of, of the group you brought in the most highly, I guess, touted as a prep. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think she seems like a natural fit to, to maybe be a starter early just because of what she provides as a defensive player. Um, and her size, I think, paired next to potentially Chance Gray and, and one of those portal players uh, with, with Scott and Williams. What do you like about Sophia? And, and do you feel like her game translates to a place where, hey, I know you're comfortable obviously starting freshman. You did it with two players last year. Is that, a, is that a, a, at least a possibility with her, you think? Oh, no question. 
Yeah, no question. I think she's a really good player, plays both ends of the floor. If I, I would kid her dad from time to time. Her dad, Greg, by the way, is, you know, played basketball here at Oregon. So she's a duck through and through. And um, and I, I love that about her. I mean, she really wants to be here. But I, I always kidded him saying, you know, if she was an NBA player, she'd be a lottery pick because she's the classic three and D. Yep. Really shoots the three well. She's long and can defend and can defend multiple positions. So, yeah, I'm really excited about her. I think she's got a huge upside, and I uh, hope she comes in and and just you know, says, I don't care if I'm a freshman. I'm going to come in and win this spot, and she's certainly capable of doing that. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. We can we can go with, uh, you know, with her and Priscilla. Those are two really long wings. We're going to play Grace a little bit more at the three this year. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and Sophia's a really good defender. Now you pair her. Let's say with Skyler, uh, you're talking about two elite defensive wings. Chance is, you know, one of the best defensive guards in the conference. So I think we can put kind of a team out there that can really shut people down or make it difficult for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got some other ones that can really score. So I think Sophia is one of those that can kind of give us a little of everything. Her ball handling this year really improved, had to play the point a little bit for them. Uh, at Jesuit, and they had a really good year, of course. So, uh, yeah, I, I just I like her a lot. I, I think she's got a bright future here. I I was thinking about what you mentioned a moment ago with just the potential defensive prowess on the wings, and you combine that with Chance Gray. That could be one of your best defensive like perimeter groups that you've had since you've been here with Chance and Skyler and and Sophia. I I, I know you've said you know the the, the reputation for Oregon women's basketball he hasn't been a defensive powerhouse, but you know, give these guys a couple of years to work together. Maybe maybe you've got something there on the defensive side. You know, and I'm glad you said that. It does. It takes some time to work together. You know, you look at our best team, right? The 19 and the and the 2020 team. So those were our best two teams since we've been here. And no, no question about that. Well, Satu, Satu was not a great individual defender. You know, Aaron Bowley wasn't a great individual defender. Sabrina, a one-on-one, you know, not not an elite defender. We had Mignon Moore on that crew, mm-hmm. and, and she was. And then Ruthie, of course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of anchor in the middle. But collectively, they became a really good team. In fact, I think that year going into the NCAA tournament, what would have been the NCAA, we were sixth in the nation in defensive efficiency. But we had individual pieces that weren't that great. And uh, and so it does it. Sometimes it takes some time. But, yes, I agree with you. If you put, let's say, just pick three players. You put Chance and and uh, Skyler and Sophia or Priscilla out there. You're talking really good length and very good perimeter defenders. So And then, you know, you anchor it inside with a couple of shot blockers like Philly and Kennedy. And, yeah, we could be, um, you know, pretty formidable defensively. So... We haven't talked about two other additions, and I'll do that before we get into some big picture stuff and let you go for the day. But I, I wanted to get some insight into Bella Hamill, Sarah Rambis. I know Hamill's a local player. You said she's been enrolled. I've seen her play a little bit. Um, I don't know as much about Sarah. I've seen whatever's online, and, and I know she hasn't quite gotten out, out here yet. But those two players, uh, I, I kind of weird to group them together. We just kind of got to the end here. Uh, but what, what do you kind of see from both of them and, and expectations for what they can contribute this year? Well, Bella is a knockdown shooter and uh, honestly, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, she's a, she's a great team. 
He's used to winning. Uh, played for my son out there at Lane Community College. They won the NWAC championship this year. I think she's something like uh, uh, 70 and two in her last two seasons. So the kid knows how to win. Uh, hard worker, but I think what she's going to give us most, actually, surprisingly, she has really good feet defensively. Uh, I think she she can certainly help us on the defensive end. But, you know, she led the NWAC in shooting at the three at about 43%. And um, you leave her open and she's going to knock it down, uh, similarly to an Aaron Bowley or Lexi Bando. I mean, I don't know if she's going to have that kind of a career, but she's that kind of a shooter. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, so and uh, a veteran, you know, she did three years at Lane. So she'll she'll be a fourth year junior here. Uh, and then Sarah, I really like Sarah. Sarah's got a little edge about her, which which I like. She's got some toughness and she'll get after you a little bit. Six, three, uh, multi-skilled, can shoot the three a little bit. She's not a dead eye, but she can shoot it uh, really good inside. I, I like how she can score with both hands. Uh, she played at IMG Academy, so she's not afraid of competition and has played against some of the best. She was also on the Nike EYBL circuit with Michigan crossover. So, uh, you know, she's she's played good competition all her life. And I think she's, um, you know, she's got to get stronger and things like that. But she's a good athlete and uh, a hard worker and, and, and skilled. So I think she's got a chance to be uh, pretty good for us in time. We've now run through the whole roster, Kelly, uh, which is good on us. Uh, and I hope, I hope those listening appreciate. I know diehard women's basketball fans are hopefully loving this. Um, but kind of now going through the whole roster, I'm curious, what are the strengths? You know, you're months away from this all coming together. You haven't even really started practicing. But half the team hasn't even arrived yet, so it's hard to really know, I guess. But just from a 1,000 feet away, I guess, what, what do you kind of perceive as some of the things that you guys are going to do well this year and, and maybe some things that – you, you perceive as things that you have to focus on a little extra. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> See, honestly, I don't know what we have. Uh, I think what's great this year is everybody's coming in early for the first two sessions, everybody. So we're going to have a roster of 12. We may pick up a walk-on as well. Uh, so we're going to have 12 or 13 players. We haven't had that kind of a size roster in a couple of years. Uh, I think we have, we've filled every need that we have. Um, and then this year, of course, we're we have the benefit of having ten extra practices because we're we're taking an international trip mm -hmm. uh, to, in August. So very similar to what we did when Sabrina came in as a freshman that summer before they were their freshman year, we were allowed to go, and we played a bunch of games over in Spain and the Netherlands. So that is really going to be uh, important for us. So when we talk later in the fall, I'll have a better answer for you. So I don't know. We have four, really four returners. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is new. So some herald, heralded freshmen, some, you know, proven and experienced transfers. But how that all fits together, I don't know yet. But I'm, I'm excited about it. I think we got the right transfers. Um, and, and I think we've got a chance to be, um, to be pretty good. I am going to put a little bit of pressure on Chance and Grace. Um, I think. You know, their development, you know, how they roll their production, I think is going to, you know, that that's going to be the biggest key. Uh, we need them to have great years. I'm confident that they will. They're they're amazing players. And if they improve and and they want to, man, they want discipline. 
They want hard work. They want accountability. That was one of the things this spring we talked about, and, and it came from them. Coach, we need more. And, um, and, and they've been backing it up. They're going to have good experiences with USA basketball this summer, and I think that'll help their confidence uh, as well. So I, I'm excited. I, re- I really am. But you know me. I'm an eternal optimist. I, I do. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I, I think we've got the right mix. Yeah, no, and I do too. And, and uh, you know, and I've said, I think I even said it earlier. I, 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 again, you're the head coach of the team. So obviously, you know much better than I. But I, I, as somebody who follows pretty closely, I'm in agreement. It just feels like between chance and grace, those two's progression is critical for wherever you guys are headed this year and, and honestly, in future years, right? And I think you talked about that a little bit already on the show and in and, and past interviews of, of the value of getting them, you know, some experience, maybe getting some, taking some lumps in the freshman year, but how that can be a benefit down the line. Um, I, I had it on my list here. I wasn't, I, I, you actually broke that news. I wasn't aware about the trip. Um, I had that on my list that you hadn't been since Sabrina and Ruthie went. Uh, tell me a little bit more. What do you have dates at least right now? And, and is there any way, I guess, for those listening to, to follow along from, from, you know, stateside? Oh yeah, no, I think so. I I'm sure the games will be, uh, somehow streamed at some level. Uh, yeah, we leave August 19th. We're actually going to London um for three days and we're going to play one game in london on the way over and then we're going to go we'll be in greece for seven days and play two games so teams in the ncaa are allowed to do it every four years we had it scheduled ironically for the summer of 2020 so when that last really good class was coming in we Mm -hmm. had that plan and then covid knocked that out 2021 um same thing it still wasn't safe to go to Europe and play. And then last summer, we just kind of, you know, with the roster size and things like that, we, we decided to just, you know, postpone it for the next year. So yeah, it's a really good chance to, uh, you know, and when you do it, the NCAA gives you 10 practice days. So those, those are going to be real valuable. So starting the 1st of August, we'll fit in those 10 practices in a two week period and, uh, and get ourselves ready. That that's invaluable, invaluable time. And then, um, you know, go over. It's great for team bonding. It gives them the, the, the team. We get home, I think, on the 28th or the 29th of August. And then the team will be able to go home for three or four weeks uh, before we get started in earnest at the end of September. So I, I'm really looking forward to the summer. But because of this trip, everybody's coming in a month earlier than they would normally. Oh, I'm going to get a chance. In fact, Eric, I'm, I'll invite you out to, uh, to come out and watch the team. We'll start uh, working out and, and practicing toward the end of June. I mean, I can't believe that it's almost here. And you know what's really cool? All our players, all the newcomers are coming in early. They want to get here. We didn't, especially like Kennedy and uh, Peyton, they're in graduate programs that don't even start till the end of September. But they're going to get here early and uh, just because they want to work out. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I think I do better coaching players that are hungry and want to work hard and maybe play with chips on their shoulder. They're overachieving, those kind of things. If you look back, those have been some of our best years. And some of the years we were supposed to do this and supposed to do that, it didn't quite work as well. So I think just, you know, I I think that as a coach, I, I do better with this kind of crew. Send me the practice invite, you know, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> yeah, no but I offer it to everybody, Crepia. Oh, I know, true. 
Yeah, we should. You should have. You shouldn't have said that on the podcast. We could have talked offline afterwards. We didn't have to share yeah. it with, with James. No, okay. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Like everybody coming, I I just want us to get back to our fundamentals, man. Our basics. We, you know, we have really built something special here. I hope people appreciate that. And even on a so-called down year, we still won twenty games. We still played in postseason. We won a few postseason games, but we really want to get back to the basics in a big part of this community's fabric and uh you know must see experience and and we're, we we're going to make our players accessible a lot more uh, and hold them accountable off the court as well as on yeah and that leads me to one of my last few questions here thanks again for being so generous with your time but you know when i I spoke to all four of the incoming transfers, you know, in the week or so after they committed. And I think all four of them brought up the idea of kind of trying to get Oregon to where it had been when Sabrina was here. And that would seem like kind of an individual goal. That's probably a team goal. How does that help maybe in terms of that? This is already sort of the expectation before they arrive. And then I guess psychologically, and you kind of, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, can losing be contagious just like winning? And how does it I mean, just does it just take a string of success to maybe kind of erase some of those doubts in your mind or, or kind of what's the what's the outlook of kind of trying to change that a little bit as you move into, as you said, a, an important season? Yeah, well, we're still a winning program, obviously, sure. but it's um, yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, we I, I think it's good to have those kind of expectations. I, I expect it every year. I mean, I'm so excited. I feel like we can win the Pac-12 championship. Maybe on paper it doesn't look like we we could, but I I feel good about that. I, I truly do. And that's why I was kind of kidding with Grace and Chance, calling them Bam and Jimmy. I mean, look at what they've done. Nobody would have expected that. But, but they're the kind of players that can elevate everybody. And I think if we have a great, strong, cohesive unit, uh, you know, we, we're committed to each other. We're committed to working hard. Anything's possible. That's the beauty of sports. And I truly believe that we've got the right mix. You know, I'm, I'm not predicting anything, but I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm excited that, that we can, I think, continue to, you know, maybe elevate just a little bit higher what we've done the last couple of years and, and get back to where we're one of those programs that people talk about nationally. I sent you a, a video a couple of days ago of four of your former players playing in the WNBA and all of them kind of hugging. And the context of the video is, is Ruthie Heber just had her first child. Gosh, a couple of months ago, she's not playing. And, and I think her boyfriend or husband or whatever was holding the baby. And here comes Courtney Vandersloot. Here comes Sabrina. Here comes uh, Niara Sabli, who are all playing for the other a team and, and being introduced probably for the first time. When you see things like that or just have an understanding of how much uh, of just kind of the the number of Oregon and, and I guess Gonzaga players, players that you've been a part of that are living out their dreams professionally. I, I, I know you said that you were kind of heartened by seeing that video, and I'm sure you're familiar with how they play more than I am even. But w what is that like for you as a coach, just the pride of, of, of being able to say, hey, I've got four players, five players with Satu, by the way, is having the best year of any of them so far. Just having all of those players playing and being able to kind of sit back and appreciate that. Well, that video really made my heart happy. Uh, yeah, that, that's neat. And, and in the end, really, that's what it's all about. You know, uh, I've been to a couple of weddings here recently and just to be able to enjoy and see how, you know, they're, they're succeeding, they're growing up, they're, you know, moving on in their lives. Uh, that stuff is so important. And so in particular to watch, you know, those, those players in the, in the league do so well, 
you know, that's really what it's all about. They're, they're living their dreams. And as coach, as a coach, isn't that one of my jobs is to, to put them into a position to, to live out their dreams. And they are. Niara is playing really well. Mm -hmm. Their coaching staff is so happy with her. And I think her playing time is only going to go up. Uh, she's, she's got a bright future, but you know, Sabrina's having a really good year on an awesome team. Vandersloot, we already, you know, talked about, you, you mentioned her, you know, she knew Ruthie from playing in, in Chicago. So they're, they're friends. Um, Ruthie doing, you know, so well, she'll be back soon and, and, and playing. And then, like you said, Satu, I mean, put her in the MVP discussion already <laughs> top three in the, in the league and scoring and rebounding right now. That's pretty impressive. So it's, it's neat that they're all doing well. I mean, there's a good chance that three of my players are going to be in the all-star game, you know? Um, and, uh, and Annalie Maley, you yeah. know, she has, has stuck with Chicago as well. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's really rewarding. It's fun to watch. And, you know, I, I don't always watch the WNBA, uh, you know, just like sit down at night and watch some games, but, Anytime any of our players, if it's a Dallas game or a Chicago game or a New York game, I watch every single one because uh, I'm just really proud of them and, and happy for them. This podcast will, by the way, come out Monday. Sunday, though, is the, the first Sabrina, Courtney, Niara versus Satu game. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. That's on my I think that's a national televised ABC game, too. So. Oh, OK. So. Everybody gets a chance to watch a little of that ESPN or ABC, one of the two, I think. So yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I, I when those when when those former Ducks are playing on there, I I try to I tend to at least tune in for a little bit and check it out. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for being generous with your time. Um, we'll have you back on prior to this season for uh, episode number eight of yours on this podcast. That you can we'll expand expand the number, but uh, thanks so much again. Eric, I, uh, and I just want to say how much I appreciate you and what you do. And I know our fans do as well. I know you have a lot of, you know, people that, that uh, rely on you for duck information. And so uh, thank you. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And, and especially for my sport, you know, sometimes our sport gets pushed aside, um, but not with you. It's front and center. And I really appreciate that. So thank you. And thanks to your crew. Yeah, of course, Kelly. I'm passionate about it. You know that it comes through. I think uh, Oregon sports is. I, I grew up in this community. I understand what it means to a lot of people, and it's uh, it's it's honestly. I'm living a dream being able to do what I'm doing, and I, you know, I, I'm happy that people are appreciating the the work that for me is just kind of living out thing I've always wanted to do. So appreciate your kind words too, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon. All right, thanks, Kelly. See ya. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.